Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Desks and Dorks. It's your favorite board game design and creation podcast that, as always, is shaped by you. Brings you the best in indie tabletop gaming. As always, I am your host, Kyle, the dork to Riley's desk. Sadly, Riley is back recharging at the IKEA mothership, um, and so I am joined by... Nathan, I am Dork Mini. Dork Mini. This is my adopted son, Nathan, and in a, a beautiful moment of father-son bonding. Some kids get an inheritance... You get to be on your dad's, your dad's uh, uh, not not widely received but critically beloved podcast about gonna, board games. I'm gonna be a guest host. You did it, buddy. We made it. We did it with the ball. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got there, boys. Uh, and so this is it. This is the glory. That is our Desks and Dorks episode. Today is a special one. Bust out your Stockholm Syndrome, folks. Uh, This is games that have grown on us. Uh, So Nate and I have each selected a handful of games. I've picked three. All right. I don't know how many games you picked. I probably should have covered this beforehand. Probably, yeah. Yeah, good planning would have dictated that we did this. I I picked, like, three. Mine's more of a wider area. A wider area. All right. We'll we'll, we'll at least try to get through, let's say, two apiece. Yeah. before the end of this show that way we don't rattle on too too long but basically we we sat down and we selected some games that we didn't love at first games that we didn't particularly enjoy all that much but uh have grown on us um in the in the interim i guess since we played them for the first time so um these could be games that we hated these could be that we grew to kind of enjoy these could be games that we like liked uh but grew to love uh, these could even be games that we hated and then grew to tolerate, um, I guess, if that makes sense, too. So that's really our, our whole criteria. You ready for this, Nate? I am. All right, Nate, uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I will go first. Excellent. Fire away. Start, start off big. All right. So mine is just the entire genre of drafting and engine builders. Because like, when I first came here, good golly, did I not enjoy those. And then I started playing with Kyle, and good golly, that is my favorite genre now. Uh, I love it. What, so what changed, like, what didn't you like about them at first? I, I couldn't say exactly. I think, like, I feel like it took too much planning. I felt like it took too much, like, like having to think ahead, like, well, I mean, I don't know what else is coming, so I don't know, what, like, which cards to pick. Mm-hmm. But then I just, like, like it's, it's a lot nicer now, because I just look at cards like, oh, here's a possible, like, I could possibly do this, this, and this, and, like... I enjoy it now because, I, like, a lot has changed, you know? I think about things differently. But, like, when I first started, it sucked. Like, I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. It, it definitely is one of those genres. Because I think I had the same experience when I started playing. And my first drafting game was Magic the Gathering Drafts, right? Oh. Like, that's how I cut my teeth. And at first I was like, this is horrible. I hate this. Why would I play this? I'm so bad at this. And then as, like, I got more experienced, I was like, oh, no. Like, the sky is really the limit here for, like, the things that I'm capable of doing. I played a, dra- a a Magic draft once before, like I started coming to Let's Play, and that was it. And I got stuck with like a three mana deck, and yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah three colors is probably not the the place you want to start. Especially with. for someone who's who was like, it was my first month of playing Magic. Oh man, and I've Ugh. really barely played it since. I mean, if it makes you feel better, I was like our before I started coming to Let's Play, I was like our local store's punching bag when I was your age. Oh god, and then I got really good by the time I was like eighteen. Teach me your ways. Uh, I mean, I, we can. That's a that's a dark rabbit hole to fall down, but we can do it. I've gone I've gone darker down darker rabbit holes. Shout out to World of Warcraft. <laughs> um, all right, so my first game. Uh, so I didn't even pick a specific genre. So good on you for picking like an actual. Well, that was just, like, the biggest thing that, that stood out to me, because I remember, like, we were talking about it, like, two months ago. Yeah, that's true. We were, oh, God, that was two months ago. Yeah, it was, like, somewhere around that area. Cause, yeah. Because like, we were just talking, talking about, like, it was the same thing with, like, rap music. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, like when I first started coming to Let's Play, I did not enjoy rap music. I did not enjoy, like, like uh, engine builders and um, drafting. But now, 
It's a Wonderful World is my favorite game, just in general, well, one of my favorite games, like top three at least. Ooh. So it's such a good game. Yeah, it is. It, it's in my top. It might be my third favorite game, I think. Mm. It's third or fourth. I, if I'm if I'm gunned to my head, I think I'd be my third or my fourth one. What's your first favorite game now? Well, honestly. Because it waffles, right? Yeah, it waffles. Like, it depends on, like, what I'm, what I'm in the mood for. Because if I'm in the mood for a real thinker, then it's going to be, like, it's going to be It's a Wonderful World or Korra, because, like, those are good thinker games. Yeah. Or... If I'm just in the mood for gambling, which I am sometimes, cursed court all the way. Like, yeah. like I can understand how some people might think it's like put it at like eight or nine. That game is a I love it. I just enjoy it. It's it's one of those games that like if you've never played Cursed Court, those of you at home, it's an Atlas Games title that was unfortunately did not do very well sales wise. Criminal. Um. What? Well, yeah. It literally is criminal because it is such a unique blend of bluffing and betting mechanics that I really think everyone should at least play it once. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The theme does nothing for me. Yeah. Um, and the first time I played it was at like a crowded bar in or at my first Origins, actually, with some of the guys from Atlas, huh. um, which was crazy. It was a really, really fun time. I think Rob Davio was like at the table behind us too, which was like weird to be like brand new into the hobby and be like, I don't know. I was like, I was so starstruck and I'm sitting here trying to like learn Cursed Court while I'm like, ha, 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 look at all these people. Ha. Um... But yeah, it's definitely worth playing. So my first one is actually going to be a weird one because I think a lot of people love this game. And they just recently did a brand new Kickstarter for it, uh, for a new edition of this game. But my the game that has grown on me the most was Call to Adventure. Um, so I was in love with Call to Adventure the first couple times I played it. And then the longer I played it, the more I disliked it. Yeah. Yeah, where I was like, this is stupid. Like, I think my biggest complaints are... One, I know you're supposed to be a hero, but I hate that you can't use the dark runes to, like, go back and do more. So, like, in the game, you can spend the experience points that you accrue to roll dark runes to make it more likely that you'll succeed on these different heroic tasks that you're trying to accomplish. And then if you dip too far into the dark runes, you fall to darkness and you wind up getting a bunch of negative points at the end of the game. Um, and being unable to use a lot of the resources. And I was like, well, that's stupid. It's not call to heroism. It's call to adventure, right? Like some of the most compelling characters are adventurers or heroes who turn into villains. Yeah. So why can't I play that angle? Especially when like the designers of the game put in stuff to support the villain strategy. But then like there's just this, this huge big barrier of negative points and a lack of resources if you go too deep into the villain strategy, which I'm like, why? First yeah. and foremost. If I remember correctly, like it's it's like a like a little like mountain peak where it's like negative like negative points, negative points, negative like if you're going in if you're doing like bad things, you get negative points, negative points, right. negative points, plus twelve points, like minus twelve. Like yeah. it's it's certainly unbalanced. Like I can definitely see that. I feel like I, I'm pretty sure I watched you like like hit that point of like this kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, I I'm just like yeah. Like I realize a lot of things about it are not. Great. No, they're not great. Yeah. And my other complaint was like in the game, so you have three layers of different adventures that you can go on. So act one adventures are like baby's first adventure, right? Like, and I say that, but like they're still really cool stuff. And then as the game progresses, you unlock act two and act three adventures, which are like really great. So an act one adventure might be like joining the king's army and an act two adventure might be like battling a bandit lord and act three might be like slaying a titan, right? But it, they make it so you can't go back to do lower act adventures once you're a stronger hero. And I was like, that's stupid, right? I get from a balancing perspective why. You don't want someone to just rush in and end the game with a bunch of lower level, easy to accomplish challenges. But 
thematically that makes zero sense to me. If I am a hero, right? The you're telling me that the plight of the little guy is less important to me now because I'm a bigwig? Like that makes no sense to me heroically. Like Superman isn't going to look at a cat in a tree and be like, "Well, I don't have time for that." I well, the way that I choose to interpret it and said, like and I understand where you're coming from, but the way I interpret it is like this isn't, like, you choosing one of these over the other. It's, like, these are going on at the same time, and, like, yeah, you could, like, help out that, that, that cat in the tree, but Lex Luthor's also kind of ravaging the town, and there's a there's a dude, t- like, 20 feet over there that can do that, like, take that cat out of that tree. Oh! So I take it as, like, bigger fishes to fry as opposed to looking down at the little guy. That is actually a much better way of looking at it. I don't know, because I, I was thinking, I'm like, well, if, but if they're all happening at the same time, that makes sense. Regardless, though, now that we're done dunking on... Yeah, <laughs> Call to Adventure. It is a game that I've I, I've slowly come back to enjoy, um, and I think it's partly partially that I'm just like you know what, like I'm just gonna let go of the fact that I have these complaints and just enjoy the game for what it is, which is really beautiful looking, really peaceful, and it lets me throw Viking runes instead of yeah. dice. Like I, I think that has been the most enjoyable part. I think. I don't know. It's almost like Doctor Strange Love, or like how I stopped, how I learned to let go and stop fearing the bomb. I learned to let go and just kind of enjoy Call to Adventure less for what it is as a game and more as an an experience. Although I cringe every time I say that because there are people that are like, "It's not a board game; it's an experience," and I yeah. hate that argument. But like, it does feel like Call to Adventure feels more like an experience yeah. now to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, because like thinking about it, I'm sure there are other games that do what. Call to Adventure does better. Yes. Like, but... 100%. How many games are you going to get to throw, like, runes? Not a lot. Yeah. That's an answer. And plus, like, even the artwork in that game is yeah. beautiful. Like, yeah. it's, oh. like, full on, like, if you look up, like, fantasy, like, background art for, like, a, like, a background, like, people, like, a desktop background. I've done that. I've done that before on multiple occasions. Mm. Like, that's the type of thing, like, a colossal monster, like, a beautiful feel. Like, that's just, like... I think the like the format like the present uh, the presentation of the game is really really good. I would venture to say that there's a bunch of D and D players who have them as wallpapers and don't even know what game they're from. I bet. Yeah, I'm. I'm I would bet yeah, money on that. Absolutely. I would absolutely. bet a lot of money on that. All right. So what is your your second game? I All guess right. we have time to get through three. We're only like ten minutes into this podcast. Oh my so God. We're crushing yeah. this, dude. All right. So this one is another one. This does kind of tie back to what I was saying. The first one. Okay. Res Arcana. Ooh. Because I'm not sure if you remember, I really was not a big fan of Res Arcana. Like, I played it once, I was like, okay, cool, I'm getting slam dunked on, and, like, like the resource, like, you have to plan ahead, like, there's not a lot of cards that you can play around with, and that mm. was, like, my, that was my main worry. Like, you don't have a lot of cards you can play around with, and, like, you have to really build it around one thing. And now, I don't know if this is because I'm the god of getting Horn of Plenty, or of just, or if, like, I've just started, like, drafting games more, but, like, that, there's one game I played with you, I remember. Um, like, Things just started like clicking into place, and that was the game before the one that I beat you beat you in. Yeah, but like, it was more just like coming like after the game finished, I was like, huh, like I it was just like weird. Like I was seeing like the numbers flying around. I was like seeing like I was just thinking of all the possibilities. Like if I do this, I can get these resources, which can lead me to like getting this, which is like two more points. Now I'm gonna need to like time and hopefully delay another round. Like, I just really enjoyed like how many factors like play into it. It's just like so many cogs in the same machine that like that you have to put there yourself to lead to the same goal. Like, it's insane. There's definitely a moment, because I had the <clears> same <throat> moment, I think, the first time I played Res Arcana, where right about halfway through the game that I learned how to play it in, I was like, oh, God. Oh, man. And like, like you said, like there are so many cogs in this machine, because that game especially really encourages you to get as much value as you can out of the cards that you're provided with, which I think is why I like it, because it's almost like 
not a deconstruction of drafting where you often have so many cards to work with. Um, but like, it feels like you really have to, you feel really smart for getting blood out of a stone with those cards. But there was that moment where I was like, everything sort of clicked and I could see all of the options. And I was like, oh my God, this game is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That was spectacular. And you did crush me the one game of, of Res Arcana. You had it mathed out in your head. I remember that too. Yeah. Cause you took me to tiebreakers on purpose knowing you'd beat me. So like, I think like the moment I realized that like, I, okay, I kind of like this game. Like after the, so it was the first game that like, like I talked about, like everything started clicking together and Kyle like beat me like pretty well. So, and like, I just like realized, like I just like snapped into like focus and I was like, I was like, had, had my head in my hands, like looking over my cards, like what could I have done differently that possibly could have delayed this further? And I was like, oh yeah. All right. This game's kind of good. Yeah. It, it is really good. And speaking of another game that you have mentioned. Cursed Court is my second game. You didn't like has, Cursed Court when you first so, played it? So so here's the thing, right? I liked Cursed Court the mm-hmm. first time I, I played it. I yeah. would put it at like a 7 or an 8. Yeah. And my thing is, every time I work at a board game show, I will trade with anybody, mm-hmm. right? And so one of the guys from Atlas came over and was like, hey, do you?" because at the time I was still working for Yellow America, and they were like, hey, do you have a copy of SOS Dino? I, my kids would really like it. And I was like, I absolutely have a copy of SOS Dino. Do you have that cursed court game that we tried at the bar last night? And he goes, the only one I have is the demo copy. And I was like, I don't care. I just wanted the game, mm-hmm. right? So I uh, I swapped in my copy of SOS Dino, my in-shrink one, for an open copy of Cursed Court, which is the copy I still have. Oh, really? Yep. That oh. is the copy that they demoed at the show. Wait, so not – okay. Is there a difference between the demo and the actual, like, No, so a demo copy of a game made is just a game that they crack open, and so, okay. like, thousands of people have played my copy of Curse Court because it was the copy they had open at the booth. Huh. But I liked the game, right? It was a 7 or an 8 for me. Um, but I think much like Skull, which is my second favorite game of all time, Cursed Court really started to sort of like unveil all of its little nuances to me the more I played it. And I realized that I haven't really ever had a bad time playing Cursed Court. Yeah. Like ever. And like it's the another thing that I love about it, it's a good it's a very easy to teach game. Like like yeah. the concept is simple. You have twenty tokens to bet on, you've got two cards between you and the other person. Like it's like uh like oh what is it, Tower or the Tower of Mad King Ludwiger. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Between castles and Mad King Ludwig. Yeah, yep. like I don't know why. There's just something very novel to me about the concept of like shared information that's not shared with everybody. Just like you like I know like let's say like you and I are sitting next to each other and like mm-hmm. it's a three person game you and me and Matt. Mm-hmm. Um like I know what I know what you know, and I'm like trying to watch like your plays because if you do something in a corner that like like involves one of the cards that I know, I'm wondering, do you know about another card? To give you all some context, if you've never played Cursed Court before, so it's a betting game where you're betting on who is going to show up to this castle at the end of every season, um, and the way that you determine that is there is a deck of character cards, um, and so. Uh, in between every player at the table is a single character card. So if Nate and I, if Nate's sitting to my right, I have a character card between myself and Nate. Both of us can look at that for information. I have Matt, who is uh, was supposed to join us today, but unfortunately couldn't make it. Let's say Matt is sitting to my left. He and I have a character card uh, that we can look at. And then between Nate and Matt is a character card that only they can look at. And from that information and sort of reacting to how other people play, that's how you make your bets. Sorry, just so they've got some context oh, no, before absolutely. we go into the rules. Yeah. So continue. But yeah, just like it, I just love how it's like watching people make certain plays. And the my personal favorite thing in this game, it's only happened a few times because I'm playing with people who apparently are really, really good at reading people or really, really good at reading me, Kyle. Um, <laughs> like, 
I did it, I've done it once where I like made a I made like a series of plays that like made someone I forget who like really think there was like there was a card out that wasn't and my god I like I full-on cackled like when like it, when it turned over and there was like I think it was like a queen or something there's nothing there was none of the things yeah none of the things and that, like like they thought were there and like even if like with things like that even if you don't score a lot just the knowledge that you kept someone else from scoring that makes it that much sweeter yeah there's a moment when you play that game where you're like oh my god I'm living rent-free in somebody else's brain yeah and it's a beautiful moment and I think that's what it was for me that made me go from liking cursed court a lot I liked it a lot right like to falling in love with Cursed Court. Yeah. Like, it, it went from, like, a 7 or an 8 to a 9 or a 10 for me. Absolutely. Which is some serious growth because, I, again, I think the game is just it's such a master class in simple rules but effective play style. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just, mwah, it's, mwah, it's, mwah, it's a masterpiece. So, play Cursed Court. If you haven't played Cursed Court, it's arguably, I think it's my favorite Atlas game ever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Dice Miner is pretty fun, but, like... Come on, it's Curse Court. It, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's no Curse Court. Yeah, it's no Curse Plus, Giant Spider-Head does have its fair sharp it's, it's, problems. It's foibles, yeah. yeah. All right, Nate, fire away, my friend. All right. What so, is your third? All right, this this one's working half as an answer and half as a PSA. Um, Blood Rage. Like, mm. I I really enjoy Blood Rage. I It's such a good game. Just, if you have not played it yet and you're planning on playing it, chances are you're probably not going to enjoy the first playthrough unless you know the rules, like, to a T. And, like... I know, Kyle, you enjoyed your first game, but that's not a lot for everyone. Cause like, no. Because, like, honestly, like, I can get how you enjoyed it. It's very fun, and, like, seeing all the cool things that you can do. But the novelty of getting your just getting destroyed only goes so far. Yeah. And I'll admit, I am definitely, like, in the minority there. We're, like, I'm such a game head that, like, even if I'm getting absolutely destroyed, if I see how the pieces come together and work, I will still be excited to try it again. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the, the first playthrough of Blood Rage is... It's a trial. Oh, it's yeah, it's literally a trial. It feels like Ragnarok because you're just gonna get your teeth kicked in, left, right, and center. If yeah. you're like, especially if you're playing with somebody who knows how the game works and knows how the game functions. Yeah, like you're, it's it's gonna be a lot to deal with, a lot to deal with for sure. I was yeah, I remember like we were playing together and we were showing it to someone and like I was watching them like get frustrated. And I was like, look, I like, I know where you're at mentally. I was there. This is like. This sucks. Next game's gonna be so much better. And unfortunately, I think Blood Rage is a game that suffers from, like, if you have a bad first round, you're gonna have a bad game. Yeah, agreed. Because, and so, for those of you who haven't played Blood Rage, it's a, it's arguably Eric Lang's masterpiece. It's mm-hmm. kind of his magnum opus as a game designer. I know he, I don't know if he would agree or disagree with that, but, like, having played some other Eric Lang titles, they're fine. But, like, Blood Rage is just inspired, I think. Yeah. Um, and the way that Blood Rage works is that uh, before the round starts... And before people actually start moving their Vikings around the map and and basically pillaging, that's really the main mechanism of the game is you're pillaging for points. But before you do any of those things, you have to draft the cards that you're going to use in that round. And that could be stuff like quests that give you bonuses at the end of the round for scoring if you complete them to the all-important combat cards, which are going to allow you to just carry the day and crush the enemy Viking clans and like if you pass a really good combat card, like I think it's like Thor's Might or something, the plus five one in round one, or like um, you don't understand how important Rage is, so like you pass, like there's a, a a dwarf chieftain that you can join your side, and it's essentially like a better warrior that you can deploy on the board for free. Yeah. When, when, like, in round one, when your rage is so important and you have to spend that rage to deploy units, it's such a crucial card. And so, like, people forget to deploy those, 
and if they, or if they like if they draft poorly in round one, I think you're right, Nate. I think your your first round is going to be miserable, and if your first round is miserable, good God, good luck. Yeah, like with the rest of them, because like yikes. Because if you're playing it, especially this especially is like glaring in a two player game. Mm-hmm. If it's your first game, and you're playing two players, you get like barely any rage, and the other person gets a lot. You are not coming back from that. Yeah, like not in the slightest. And yeah, and the game, it, it it's almost chess like. In yeah. that regard, because, like, you snowball. Like, if you're, like, let's say you have a couple bad turns in chess. Good God, good luck. Yeah. Like, if like you, especially if the other player is, like, decent and knows how to, like, exploit your bad plays. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. And it's the same thing for Blood Rage. If yeah. you have a couple bad rounds, like, good luck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The game definitely plays its best when it's with experienced players. But it's 100% worth that. It, it still gets a 10 for me because it's, even with that one really glaring flaw. Yeah. Man. But that, I don't know. I think it's a flaw of a lot of games, though. Is like, yeah, of course you're not going to be good at it or enjoy it nearly as much if you don't know how to play it the first time. Yeah. Which is why you do demo games, right? Like. And I think I think the hardest thing is like realizing halfway through, oh, I know how to play this game, and boy, did I really fumble that first round. Oh yeah. And like, I but I do think it's like I think it was my second game when I realized that I liked a game when I when I got into the sea serpent <laughs> engine builder, the infinite sea monster. Loop. Yeah. So the way that so the, the way that works uh, after a unit is killed in battle it goes to um, Valhalla 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 because you, know, you know gotta love it gotta love it man so there was there's a cart well there are three cards that are really useful to this like it's like Loki's dragons which gives you points when one of your ships are uh, killed a sea serpent which is a it's it's a monster considered a ship um, and then there's the uh, I forget what it was but like you can pull things out of Valhalla for one rage and the sea serpent costs two rage to put out so if you but usually this will be by round like three which is like the last round so you should have a decent amount of rage by then, which and that what this basically just turns into. There's a battle. You put your uh, sea serpent in there. It gets killed. You pull it out. Put in the next one. Get killed. And then you just farm like so many points from that to the point where people just don't touch the coastal lands because you know I'll be there. Yeah, and you can essentially yeah. There's a whole and and it's so funny because like there's a professional blood rage community which I think is hysterical. And the Loki strategy is the best one in the game. Wait, the one that I was doing? Uh, not just that one, but there's an entire strategy where like <clears throat> you, so there's the, it's the clan upgrade where you get points every time a guy comes back from Valhalla. Oh God. And so what you do is you, you spend three upgrades for your clan. Mm-hmm. You get one point every time a guy comes, le- in, enters Valhalla or mm-hmm. leaves Valhalla. Yeah. Right. And then you get two points every time a guy leaves Valhalla. So you'll get three points every time a character leaves Valhalla. And then you get the one where you can spend rage to redeploy your soldiers from Valhalla. Yeah. Do you see where this is going? Yeah. Because, okay, so I get three points to deploy my my chieftain for free with no rage. Yeah. It's... And then I get three points to redeploy a warrior for one rage. Yeah. And then, oh, God, they're going to die in a comm. Who cares? And you literally just slaughter your own soldiers for fun and profit. Now, it's pretty easy to, to counter-draft that. Yeah. Like, if you know about it, but I think it's so... And that's the thing. Like, it's all of those little strategies and little ideas and little concepts that come together to make it a good game. But I'm glad it's grown on you. Yeah. And there is just the one more, like, key part. You gotta love the theme. Like, yeah. And, and especially just the whole, like, knife in a th- phone booth that just keeps getting smaller thing. Like, that's... Bigger, your knife gets bigger and the phone booth gets smaller, and you just go at it. Like, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, that. Oh, I love the like, as, as the board shrinks and Ragnarok absorbs more of it. You're just like, well, we have to fight more. So yeah, they just get even better monsters. And yeah. Like, no god, love that fire giant. Oh my god, I wish I brought Blood Rage. <laughs> I'm kind of mad I didn't bring Blood Rage to the store today. Darn it! <laughs> Curse you, Blood Rage, for being good. Um. All right, so I guess it's my third game, isn't it? Yes. Um. I have come to... This is going to be really shocking. I don't know if anyone's going to revoke my game card. Um, it's a general 
category of games, much like your drafting games, I have learned, I have a newfound appreciation for mass market games. Um, the Yahtzees, the Life, the Candyland, so the Monopolies of the World. I would like to ask, is this like, an appre- you've grown an appreciation or you've grown a like for it? An appreciation, okay. right? I don't want to say this is liking, right? And this is the whole point of the list, right? Is games that have grown on us, right? Yeah. But so for those of you who uh, have been following the show for any amount of time know that I work primarily in education, right? That's what I do when I'm not designing games and selling games and making games um, is I work with kids. And one of the things that I have done this year, turns out somebody else at the school that I work is a really big board game person. I'm a really big board game person. Um, my co-teacher is a really good board game person and the three of us got together and we're like, let's make a board game club for kids. Um, and so I have brought my fourth and fifth graders at my school, all of these different games and they've learned stuff like skull and Kabuto sumo and Blockus. And I got to play uh, taco cat, goat cheese pizza, um, with one of them, which is just like a better version of ERS, which I, I I don't know another name for that card. You ever played Egyptian Rat Screw? It's a <laughs> terrible name for a card game. It's why I call it ERS. Um, Egyptian Rat Screw? Yeah. It's, oh my god. It's a it's one of those dexterity games, or like maybe Spoons is probably a better one where you mm. all try to go and snatch the cards immediately. Right. Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza is basically that, but I actually like it and don't want to bang my head against a wall repeatedly when I play it. Um, but one of the things that I have come to enjoy about these mass market titles like Life or Candyland or, yes, even Monopoly, Ugh. has been watching them get excited about playing those games, and they just play them, right? Like, again, part of this is, like, now that I design board games and work in the board game industry, I, I think sometimes I can get lost in the weeds of, like, oh, it's such a cool system, and I love this, and why would I, why would I ever go back and play those old games? And to be fair, some of those old games are still pretty objectively terrible shoots and ladders can still go suck it all right hold on hold on it's the game sucks that's got a soft spot in my heart that Uh, was that was but that's the thing (laughs) i have a soft spot now because i'm watching these kids who i work with play these games and i'm like okay so the game itself is terrible but realistically does it matter if the people playing it are having fun Mm. and ultimately the answer is no right if, if the game is horrendous like and we all still enjoy it who cares? Or maybe we all enjoy it because it's bad. Or maybe we all enjoy it because it's the first game that we've ever tried. Like, if I look back at Hero Quest, for example, mm-hmm. arguably the most important game in my life, objectively speaking, it's not a better game than Blood Rage. Yeah. It's not a better game than 90% of the stuff in my collection, but it's still the most impactful thing. And much like games with my kids, it's because those memories of playing with people are really what made that game special for me. So I have grown a much fonder appreciation, I think, of those mass market titles. And I do have to say, like, I I honestly think, like, without things like the Shoot and Ladder, Shoots and Ladders, like, without uh, Monopoly Junior, without that, like, Hungry Hungry Pips, and unfortunately, the Oregon Trail card game, oh, which God. is what, like, I played that with my friends at a sleepover once, and that's honestly, I'm pretty sure, what caused me to come to Let's Play. It was like, oh, yeah, I need to get into more board games. They had a lot of fun playing it. Wow. Yeah. That's your the origin or- story. Yeah, the Oregon Trail card game. I played with my friends like, man, I got to get into <sighs> board games. And then, like, no one I know is into board games. So I was like, huh, well, that sucks. And then two years later, like, they, like 
I I met like I saw Miles in the uh, in the uh, post office when I was getting my passport taken. And he's like offhandedly said this, and then boom, spiraled into here I am now, sitting right here in the back of Let's Play. Yeah, with your adopted dad, who True. you would never have met without Let's Play games and hobbies. Oh yeah, dude. Like I feel like you, you take a, like you have to take like five minutes of or like like five seconds of every single like episode. And be like yeah, honestly, thanks Let's Play. I, I mean, we do. We throw a shout out to Brenton and Miles. I think every single episode that we get, and rightfully so. Like, yeah, like everything 100%. is thanks to them. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there is literally no day or time that we don't throw them a shout out. And rightfully, again, rightfully so. Um, but yeah, that's, again, I, I think a lot of people underestimate how important those mass market games are for people to like get into the hobby. Because I don't think anyone who's actually in the hobby is going to argue, yeah, those are, what do you mean Monopoly's not a good, you don't like rolling the dice and paying money and then sitting there for another two hours while the person in first place gets further into first place? What do you mean you don't like that? But like, I honestly can't say that I in like Oregon Trail. Oh yeah, not a great game. Put a, put a card down and play other cards, and then continue putting cards down. Not, not a great game. <laughs> um, with honestly, I don't think without that, I would have been here. At least not in the same. Like I would not have come here opening week. I'd be like, oh cool, a board game store. Yeah. Because like the pre, the only other thing I had before that was like, like I said, like shoots and ladders, hungry hungry hippos. Like nothing, nothing. Battleship. Yeah. Like Yahtzee. Yeah. I remember playing Yahtzee on family vacation. Bro, I never, like, I God, never, kill me, please. I never knew how to play Yahtzee. I just rolled the dice at my grandparents' house. I mean, there you go, dude. <laughs> just rolled it, dude. Have you? If your grandparents, by the way, on the topic of mass market games, if your grandparents are the kind that play cards, get them to teach you cards. Old people card games are savage. Okay, I forgot. Dummy Rummy is awesome. I only played it like three times. I had so much fun with Rummy and Jin. Yeah, like, Rummy is great. Jin is great. I, Jin Rummy is great. I don't mean to sound like a gamble, gambler, but like I need to get into card games because like there, I yeah. want to learn how to play poker. I don't know how to play poker. I want to learn yeah. so bad. Jin Rummy is great. Dummy Rummy is great. Pinochle slaps. <laughs> Hearts is great. Like old people card games. I almost want to do a whole podcast episode just on old people games because yeah. like we need with, to have a, we need to have a card game week. Like I want to I want to learn how to play card, just like straight up like fifty two deck like nothing special about it, just card games. I'm gonna bring my I'll bring my grandparents to the game. Store. Please, that do. can be that could be a desks and dorks episode, and they can teach us how to play. Because Dummy Rummy is savage. Like, Dummy Rummy is freaking great. I'm just saying the people who are sleeping on things like solitaire and like gin Rummy, like all of that, those are the bozos who aren't living their best life. I'm telling you, man. Like if you have if you're lucky enough that you have a grandparent or like an older aunt or uncle or somebody who does play those games on the topic of mass market games. Get them to teach you that stuff because like games like the crew, for example, do not exist without those kinds of games. All I'm, that's all I'm saying, all I'm saying about that. What was John called? Like Sue makers? Uh, which one for a crew? Uh, it's a trick-taking game. Trick-taking, that's right. Yeah, it's a trick-taking game. And trick-taking games are largely what most of those old card games are, which is kind of sweet. Yeah. All right, folks, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, so I'm going to give us a little shout-out. And then, of course, we've got our weird question at the end. I really hope that you're weird, ready for a weird question. Oh, God. That it never ends. Um, so first things first, please make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, all of that wonderful stuff on YouTube or on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple, um, all of the good ones. Joe Siobhan, I have to shout that out because if I don't, uh, Riley will come through the rafters and scissor kick me in the what face. Geo Siobhan is like sub, uh, a small platform, but makes up a surprisingly large base of our audience, huh. which is crazy to that me. That is so weird. Go Geo Siobhan. Yeah, let's go Geo Siobhan. Yeah. Gotta love it. Amazon Podcast, Pandora Podcast, Spotify, all Amazon. of those. We're on all of those. Um, please make sure to give our YouTube channel or Instagram a surprise or a uh, surprise follow. Sure. I guess I'll say surprise. Um, and if you have not checked it out, the notify me link for after the rain, our upcoming tabletop RPG 
is up. You can get it. You can be notified when the campaign goes live. Please do. It is the project that I think Riley and I are the most proud of out of all the stuff that we've done. Um, not to toot our own horns, I think it's pretty great. Nate's played it too and has had zero complaints. So I do very you, much it, enjoy it. I was going to say, you can, you can trust him. He's unbiased. Yes. Um, in any case, folks, those are all the fun things. Nate, are you ready for your I'm ready for the weird, weird question. question? All right, excellent. So I can do this because I know that you're a weeb and I'm a weeb. Um, if there is an anime world that you could get sucked into, you get isekai'd into, a, into an anime world, uh, what what anime world are you going to and why? Oh, man, hold on. Let me think. Um, all right. Because I already know mine. Yeah, I'm so ready for It depends for this. What, what age you're asking. Because like, if right you're asking... Now. Oh, you right, right, right now. now. Right, you are right, right, right now. You are right now, sir. Bro, Overlord? Ooh. Well, okay. I'm, I'm midway through watching Overlord. Are you assuming that you're part of the Overlord team? Or are you assuming that you're one of the peasants? I'm one of the cool guys, obviously. Okay. Like, Or at least, like... Man, if I were an Overlord, I would grind every day. <laughs> I got that art all day every day grind. Oh baby. my god, bro! I'd be so, I'd be so, I'd be as strong as Ains, you know. Ah, uh, I love Ains. I am Ains Ulgone. I love season one of Overlord, season two of Overlord, and haven't gone back for season three yet. But my my friend's pressuring me into doing it, like to the point where I'm considering reading the light novels because he's really, really into it. I mean, I'll have to show you. A, get get you a cube bomb. I mean, I love, I love that. The first season is so funny because he's like, just it's so funny watching this like totally average dude try to disguise the fact that he's a totally average dude from a bunch of immortal demons it's so funny um i know mine what is it digimon i didn't even think of digimon bro, it's gotta be digimon oh my god bro i was could you imagine so into digimon so, when I was a kid. dude i'm still into digimon as an adult like everyone's like oh pikachu is such a great companion i'm like i'm sorry did you watch the relationship between tai and agumon okay all right any bro any person who says like the Bros. the poke anyone who says the pokemon anime was better than digimon anime didn't watch the digimon anime like sure pokemon is digimon beat in literally every other category but like like mar- like marketing wise oh like, yeah but like what okay so let's go let's go well very quickly let's go over yeah what, yeah let's, what let's the, do the digi- over- this is the digimon riley would approve of this because yeah. riley's a digimon stand too <laughs> thank god oh yeah. yeah yeah like so so let's go over the anime what does ash have that or what what does the digimon show that have that the pokemon one doesn't i don't know interesting plot character development uh, cool ca- evolution compelling character relationships uh, a storyline that actually progresses and matters reoccurring characters from past seasons that show up a big bad action- villain that isn't just Four very strong Pokemon trainers and the same two guys from every other season. That's true. The villains in Digimon are usually utter freaking terrifying. Yeah. Oh, man. And let's also talk about the fact that the evolutions, as cool as they are, are really funny. Yeah. Because, like, the evolution will be like, Inchworm with wings evolves into washing machine with a gun, evolves into a literal angel with six waffle irons for wings. Like, it's so like, random. I, yeah, I remember, I remember like, uh, like in the, I'm, I'm not sure if everyone, probably everyone else did this, but, like, uh, like during the actual, like, introduction, like, the, uh, the opening for it i would like watch it de- like desperately like all right what is what is the what is i forget his name but, like what is a little what is a little guy what is what's the guy that's owned by the little brother turned into palamon. what does he turn into palamon yeah palamon. I was like, what does palamon turn into he hasn't evolved yet what does palamon turn into like an actual angel an actual like an actual, angel an actual like, angel now this might show i watched this when i was eight i remember like actually like, getting up and like jumping around when i saw like new evo- like new like digital 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 digivolution 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 oh god those are terrible to say <laughs> Man, but yeah, like it's just oh my god, it was so much more compelling, and I think it did help that I did not play a single Digimon game because if I did and I like and like I knew what like Agumon evolved into, I would not be as happy to see a giant T Rex with like a gun. I'm pretty <laughs> the sure he missile had missile launcher for a chest. Yeah, like 
Like, yeah, I know Pikachu turns into Raichu. Oh, whoopsie. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Which Wild. Which never does. Yeah. And they just fixed it. They're like, what if they can evolve back, bro? They don't have to stay that way exactly. forever. Like, 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 what was it? Uh, spoilers for, like, a show from, like, the 90s. Yeah, uh, spoiler like, alert what, for Digimon. I remember, I like, that time, like, Agumon went, like, way too big and got, like, evil and, like, didn't listen to, uh... Oh, yeah, Mecha Greymon, dude. Yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, oh, and then there's that one nerdy character. That was the, the that was the Charizard arc done right. Oh, my... God. Yeah, like, because we were like, No, Agumon! He doesn't respect him anymore! He's like, I'm not going back to the tiny form. I'm gonna shoot missiles out of my chest because I'm cool. And he oh, did! He did. Because he was! He did. And he was. And we're gonna leave you all with that, folks. Yeah, watch Digimon. Don't watch Pokemon. Watch Digimon. Maybe it'll grow on you the way these games have grown on us. <laughs> all right, guys. This is Kyle out for Desks and Dorks. And, uh, Nathan out. Nathan. There Don't, he is. Almost slipped my last name. Whoopsie. Ah, you can do whatever, man. Goodbye, everybody. See Have ya. a good one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.